Well, according to the Biographical Congressional Directory, David Rice Atchison was actually President of the United States for one day. Now, by way of background, in the middle of the 1800s, uh, David Atchison was a lawyer who eventually branched out to a career in politics. He was elected to the Missouri State uh, Legislature, and then he was appointed as a circuit court judge. At the age of 36, he was appointed to complete the term of a U.S. Senator who died in office. And as a U.S. Senator, David Rice Atchison became so popular that he eventually won election in his own right, and he was even elected President pro, -tem uh, pro Tempore, which is the presiding officer of the Senate when the Vice President is absent. Well, David Atchison's 15 minutes of fame came in 1849 when Zachary Taylor was elected President of the United States. After his election, Zachary Taylor was supposed to be sworn in on Sunday, March the 4th. Well, Taylor was a strict Episcopalian, and he refused to take the oath on a Sunday. He said he would just have to be sworn in the next day, which was on Monday, March the 5th. Well, the only problem was the outgoing president, James Polk, his term ended exactly at midnight on March the 3rd. And since the new president had not yet been sworn in and the old president's term had legally expired, David Rice Atchison of Frogtown, Kentucky, was next in line as president pro tempore. And pro tempore in Latin means for the time being. And so David Atchison actually became president of the United States for that one day, Sunday, March 4th, 1849. It is said that it was a rather brief, of course, and rather boring tenure. In fact, President Atchison actually slept for most of the day. And then he became just a footnote in history as Zachary Taylor was sworn in the next day on Monday, March 5th. But wouldn't it be great to be president even for just one day? Imagine all of the fun that you could have. You could watch the NCAA tournament from the Lincoln bedroom. You could declare your birthday as a national holiday. You could even find out if aliens really did crash in Roswell, New Mexico in July of 1947. Can you imagine being the most important person in the world, even if it was for just one day? I wonder what Jesus must have felt riding into Jerusalem when he was king for a day on that Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago. What a day it was on that first Palm Sunday because the pent hope of the people, those hopes became uncorked and it spilled out into this tumultuous reception. There was this vast throng of people that got so carried away that they went way above and beyond the red carpet treatment. They took off their coats, their outer garments, what today guys would be our, our sport coats, and, and they made a carpet for Jesus. Other people went and got, got branches, palm branches, and they laid them on the ground because they literally worshipped the ground that Jesus walked on as he made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And all while this huge spectacle is going on, the people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us now, save us now. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Think about this. They never treated Herod that way. They never treated Pontius Pilate that way. But they did for Jesus Christ, 
who comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And he is much more than just king for a day. Today, we wave our palm branches. We hoot and holler. We're excited. Why? Because it's Palm Sunday. But what about tomorrow? What's going to happen to us tomorrow? Is Jesus still the king? Is he still the way and the truth and the life tomorrow when we stop praising him? Or on Thursday when he's arrested? Or on Friday when he's put to death on the cross? Is Jesus still the Lord and King then? My friends, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is not just Lord and King because you, we say he's Lord and King. He is Lord because he is Lord. He is King because he is the King. And he is more than just King for a day. Listen again to what Jesus says in John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus wasn't just talking about today. And he wasn't just talking about tomorrow. And he wasn't just talking about if his reign has some sort of uh, expiration date. Jesus is saying those words are for all time. In her book, The Whimsical Christian, the author Dorothy Sayers says the plot of the Christian faith pivots upon a single question. What do you think? What do you think, really, of Jesus Christ? And this is what she writes. The church's answer is categorical and uncompromising, and it is this. That Jesus, the carpenter from Nazareth, was in fact, and in truth, and in the most exact and literal sense of the word, the God by whom all things were made. He was not a kind of demon pretending to be human. He was in every respect a genuine living man. He was not merely a man so good as to be like God. He was God. And we need to acknowledge this because guess what? On Thursday, we're going to forget it. We're going to run away. We're going to get scared. Those hosannas that we're saying today, they, they turn to crucify him, crucify him on Friday. But friends, Jesus Christ never stops being Lord. He never stops being King. And he is no less the way, the truth, and the life when he dies on Good Friday than when he is amidst the cheers of the people as he enters into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Oh, we need for Jesus to be the King. Because this world sometimes seems out of control. It sometimes seems chaotic. It sometimes seems upside down. And, and, and more than ever, we need Jesus to be the king and we need for him to be savior. Because as I look around, there are plenty of things in this world to feel overwhelmed about. The Presbyterian pastor and author Charlie Shedd is well known for his many books on, on topics like family and marriage. And he gives seminars and one time he was giving a seminar and he said this, he said, before my wife Martha and I had kids, I used to travel the country giving a lecture I called the Ten Commandments for Raising Perfect Kids. Wouldn't you like to go to that? After our first child was born, I changed the title to Ten Hints for Parents. After our second child, the talk became a few tentative suggestions for fellow strugglers. And finally, Charlie Shedd says, after our third child, I dropped the topic altogether. <laughs> for many of us, life does seem out of control. For many of us, we can be eaten up by our anxieties. Oh, what if 
I can't get the vaccine, or what if it doesn't work, or what if I get sick, or what if, what if my business has to shut down again? And on this Palm Sunday, we need to join with those people crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Now, what's interesting to me is that for all those people knew that day, Jesus was just an earthly king seeking an earthly crown who was coming into to, to Jerusalem to make mincemeat out of those Romans. After all, that's really what the people wanted. They were looking for a leader like Moses with, with the charisma of David, with the wealth and wisdom of, of Solomon, with the biceps of Samson, all wrapped up in one titanic figure. And yet all it would have taken was a second look to see that this was a rather strange looking kind of king what 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 sort of king rides in on a donkey what what kind of king rides in on a renamule why not the best chariot pulled by a team of the best horses why not make your grand entrance in style after all he is the king of kings and lord of lords right well back then after a great military victory the conquering hero would lead the parade followed by his troops, and then followed by the captives with their plunder that were gained in battle. And if you think about it, that's exactly what it must have felt that day because there would be this wonderful celebration. Here comes this hero, except the hero back in a military conquest would ride in on a white stallion and with shiny armor and brandishing a sword. It would be this incredible spectacle. And I think you've heard me say before, the, the white stallion was the stretch limo of the first century. That's how Jesus should have come into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. But it didn't happen. Here he comes, riding into town on a donkey. To put it in today's terms, it would be like the President of the United States riding down Prince Street in Lancaster in a beat-up old Ford Pinto wagon with no air conditioning and the tailpipe dragging along the ground. Imagine the highest of the heavenly beings being carried in by the lowliest of animals. If you think about it for just a moment, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is really a classic case of substance over style. He's the Messiah. He's the king. And yet, as the king, he lowers himself. He humbles himself still. There's a story told that says that one day the great southern general Robert E. Lee was riding on a train back to Richmond, Virginia. And the general was seated towards the rear of the car while some of the other lower-ranking officers and soldiers were filling in the seats around him. Well, at one of the stops along the way to Richmond, an elderly woman boarded the train, and she was passing through General Lee's car. It was apparent by looking at her that she was poor and she was not very well-dressed. She began passing through the car. She was looking for a place to sit down, but all the seats were taken, and no one was getting up to offer her theirs. Well, she got to the back of the train where Robert E. Lee was sitting, and the general stood up and offered the woman his seat. And then when Robert E. Lee got up, one man after another stood up and, and tried to offer their seat to the general. Well, general Lee said, no, gentlemen, if there's none for this lady, there can be none for me. Jesus is a different kind of king than anyone could have ever imagined. He's a king whose mission 
is that of mercy and love. One who's going to trade a, a, a crown of gold for a crown of thorns. He's a king who calls us, the people of his kingdom, to carry ourselves in a life and service for his name. There was a gentleman by the name of James Bonham. He was this fiery young lawyer from South Carolina. He went to Texas, and he had been in Texas only three months. But he had this yearning inside of him for freedom. And it left him no choice but to come alongside those Texans in their own pursuits of liberty and freedom. And so he volunteered for service at the Alamo, this uh, small little mission near the Guadalupe River. And as the Mexican army was filling the horizon, there was this tiny bastion of officers and soldiers getting ready for battle. And James Bonham knew that the odds were stacked against him, and so he broke through that enemy gauntlet, and he galloped toward Goliad to get additional help. Well, James Mishner, the author, writes in his book, Texas, what James Bonham's appeal must have sounded like. Outside, Bonham says, there's only 150 of our men. Santa Ana has nearly 2,000 and more on the way. What we need is for every fighting man in Texas to rush to the Alamo, strengthen our perimeters, give us some help, move towards the march now. And then James Mishner imagines a conversation between James Bonham and a little boy. The boy asks James Bonham, where are you going next? And James Bonham responds to the Alamo. The boy asks, will, will you go back alone? And James Bonham says, I came alone. And as James Bonham disappears over the horizon, heading back towards the Alamo, the boy asks his father, if things are so bad, why, why does he go back in? To which the father responds, I doubt if he considered any other possibility. Now, James Bonham rode into a battle certain that it would be his last. And friends, Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem and into a week that he knew would be his last. What seems like a gorgeous Palm Sunday morning when all is right with the world, it's really just the calm before the storm. You see, Jesus is riding right into the jaws of death. And he knows what this ride is going to cost him. You know, it's said that you can learn a lot about someone by watching the way they die. Because this was a king for whom the way to death was also the path to victory. And on that very first Palm Sunday, 2,000 years ago, Jesus rode into Jerusalem as the king, but also as one who was on a rescue mission for you and me. Jesus says, if you're looking for direction, I am the way. He says, if you're looking for truth, come to me. I'll give you the truth. He says, if you're looking for life, come to me and I will give you abundant life in ten high, bright neon letters. If you're willing to say, Jesus, I commit or I recommit my life to you and count what you did on the cross as payment for my sin. And I vow to live my life best for you the, the way I know how. Jesus says, I will be for you the way, the truth, and the life. This week, I promise you and all of you out there to watch and experience as Jesus the King conquers 
sin, death, and the grave. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. King Jesus, as we prepare to walk with you through the last week of your life and then celebrate your earth-shaking resurrection next weekend, on this Palm Sunday, we shout out to you, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us now, save us now. God, as you ride into our midst on a donkey, we know that you come as much more than just king for a day, but that you come in humble fashion to be our Messiah. More than anything else, save each one of us now. And more than any other enemy, save us from ourselves, our selfishness, our self-centered actions, and our arrogant thinking that we don't really even need a Savior. Lord, instead use us to build Your kingdom and bring glory to Your holy name. And it's through Jesus Christ, the King, that we pray these things and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.